Hey folks, I am here with the much requested Devin Stack. Did I spell your name right? It's D-E-V-O-N, right? That is correct. Okay, good, good, good. Oh, it's right there on the screen. Um, <laughs> Blackpilled, although his YouTube presence uh, has been been a little bit less lately. He's been streaming on BitChute. Everybody loves your insomnia streams. Um, everybody's requested, been requesting for months. You got to get Blackpilled on. And I was like, all right, all right. And I finally got a hold of you and you're like, I can only do it at midnight. I'm like, right on. I will make that work. My daughter is downstairs with my mom right now. She's a huge fan of you. And she's like, I will babysit for this. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm sure everybody is super jazzed about this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, yeah, so I apologize for my uh, <laughs> my my vampire internet. Oh, no, it's okay. It's no trouble. I'm a night owl. So, um, so let's get started. I think that you're someone that wants to see the truth. Um, you don't necessarily fit a label. You want to deal with reality and you want to help others to do so no matter how painful <laughs> it may be for all of us. Uh, I've heard you speak a little bit about your previous belief system. Um, I al also started off as a libertarian, then a constitutional conservative. Now I don't know what I am, but could you talk a little bit about your political genesis and what specific events um, led you to being a black pilt? <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it was just a, I think it was just a series of, of events that were kind of tied to the, the Trump uh, election and, and the, the events that happened afterwards. Uh, I, I worked uh, uh, in politics or in news for, for several years. Um, and so I'd been watching news because uh, I worked in broadcast and worked for news uh, stations and stuff like that. So I'd been following news for a long time. And uh, politically, uh, you know, as you said, I was libertarian. Uh, in fact, I used to make libertarian uh, uh, materials, if you will, media for um, billionaires that were funding it. And I, I saw nothing wrong with that. I was like, oh, you know, you know why would I get mad at someone who is very successful with the, in the free market? You know, and <laughs> and uh, it never occurred to me, like, why, why are they trying so hard to you know, keep this uh, keep this libertarian thing going? And uh, I remember thinking the only time, see, I'll tell you what though, even while I was doing that, I still disagreed with them uh, privately uh, when it came to immigration and stuff like that. Cause I'd lived in States like New Mexico and uh, you know, and I, I knew what that looked like up front, you know, up close and personal. And a lot of these guys were, you know, instead of limousine liberals, they were limousine libertarians and they had never, they had never been exposed to, uh, you know, just, I mean, let alone a, a, a blue collar neighborhood, let alone a, right. a, 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 you know, a, a diverse blue collar neighborhood. And so I, I get into these big debates with some of these guys privately. And, and then um, I remember they were shelling tons of money into a, uh, a program that was, it was Hispanic outreach because just like the Republicans who decided rather than try to fight immigration, they were going to just, you know, we're going to assimilate these new Americans. You know, they're, they're natural conservatives. <laughs> and so they were putting millions and millions of dollars. They, they found like this, this handsome young Hispanic guy that would go around and he spoke Spanish and I forget his name, but he was like, he'd go to, uh, to towns in Texas and try to, you know, red pill the, <laughs> the immigrants on libertarianism. And I knew from the start, like, this is, this is doomed. You know, this is never going to work. Uh, but I, I didn't quite have the whole uh, 
uh, I, I was still, I guess, a little hopeful. Like I still thought like, oh, it's still, it's a cultural thing, right? Like, so there's still, <laughs> there's still some hope. Maybe, it, maybe it'll just take a few generations. You know, some Cubans seem to get it, you know? And uh, then after a while, it, it just became apparent. And honestly, you know, for all his faults, you know, Stefan Molyneux, uh, with the data that he was presenting on a regular basis, I was like, oh God, it's, it's, it's what I always feared it was. It's what I always didn't want to believe. And, uh, you know, once you see that there is a biological element to it, um, that, that, that was, that was a big black pill, I guess you could say. Uh, but then also just, uh, you know, that was just in terms of like the bigger picture, but, um, understanding how much money played a role in this and, and the established, you know, ruling class, like we're talking like, you know, uh, generational power, not just wealth. And so when Trump came along, I was like, yeah, you know, this guy, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna shake things up. They seem genuinely afraid of him. And I, and I mean that, like I, I had to go to this, I was still tired of these libertarians during the election and they were flying me out to uh, DC for like this uh, think tank thing. And uh, I was, I, got off the plane uh, in Dulles and I was walking to the airport and there were people, I mean, I was overhearing people all over the airport, like wringing their hands, like, Oh, uh, Trump, uh, like terrified. And I was like, Oh, this is great. This, I hate these fucking people. I hate all these, <laughs> you know, political consultants and like all these, you know, contractors and stuff that I used to, you know, I used to live in DC and I, I fucking hated those people. And I was like, all right, well, if, if, they, if these people who I hate more than anyone, other, you know, in the whole world, if they hate him, he's got to be kind of good. And uh, so I, I remember still sitting in this uh, uh, roundtable meeting with these libertarians. And we went, one of the, we were going around. Uh, they were basically just trying to brain rape us. Like they <laughs> they picked a bunch of uh, talent that they'd worked with. And, and they were having us, uh, I don't know, kind of like uh, guinea pigs in a weird way. And so one of the questions they were asking us, well, you know, what do you think about the election? And uh, me and, and the... Uh, out of like the whole room, I was the only guy that said, you know, Trump's going to win. And everyone else was, was like, I mean, it was kind of like that. Everyone's seen that clip of Ann Coulter on Bill Maher's yeah, show and yeah. they, they all laugh. It was basically like a less mean version of that. And uh, I, I, I saw, I'd, I'd seen one of his rallies on um, YouTube in the hotel the night before that meeting uh, I was just watching it and I knew just there was, he had, he had the, I saw the crowd's reaction to him and I was like, I've, I've been watching politics my whole life. I've never seen anything like this except for maybe Obama, you know, like, right. but in, in terms of the right, I've never seen people get excited like this at a rally. And he's, you know, he's sharp. He's funny. This guy's going to win. Like there's no way. And, uh, and then, so, you know, everyone knows, obviously he won. Uh, and then immediately, uh, the big, uh, a, a big black pill was, and a lot of people think this is insignificant, but it was super telling was that by law, because they kept delaying it, the, uh, documents tied to the JFK assassination had to be released, uh, well, like a couple of months after, uh, Trump was sworn in, like by law, they had to be released. Like if you didn't, if Trump did nothing, they would just get released into the public because, the, like, I think Bush or someone had kicked the can down the road that far into the future to where they figured it would, you know, or maybe they could kick it down, you know, some more, which is essentially what happened. And Trump, you know, like I said, if he had done nothing, they would just get released. 
he uh, had a meeting with some people from the intelligence community and he blocked some key documents and that not only did he do that, he then went to Twitter, told everyone he just solved JFK and uh, saved the day. And I was like, okay, so this guy's full of shit then, you know, because this guy is, is hiding. You know, if he, if he can't tell the truth about what happened 50, 60 years ago, he's not going to, you know, reveal, do a big reveal about what's going on right now in the deep state. And then it was just, yeah. you know, downhill from there. What else? I mean, for me, it was the omnibus spending bill. That really pissed me off, although it didn't really surprise me. And the serious situation was terrible. Uh, and then his dubious relationship with Jared Kushner. I was like, why oh, yeah. would you let your daughter marry somebody like that? And then I realized that it was just some some kind of a, a wealth wealthy marriage of the families. It was like an, an aristocratic joining of these, of oh, these yeah. two families orchestrated by him. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. I don't know why this didn't occur to me before, but I really started to lose faith at the end of the first year. I was uh, I was probably on the way out. Yeah. Well, and, and just the fact that like uh, immediately after the election, uh, this was another black pill. Uh, he I was hoping it was all just for show. But like when he was uh, telling everyone how great the Clintons were, you know, there's that. <laughs> Like literally the day of the inauguration, he's in that, that dining hall. He's like, why don't you guys stand up? Let's everyone clap. And I was like, I hope he's just doing this to like fuck with them. And then of course, uh, you know, he, he, he openly said, Oh, well, we don't care about prosecuting her. That was before the election. No, we don't care so much. And so yeah. it was just like everything that I want. Cause I didn't really, honestly, I figured uh, in terms of policy, we never get what we want anyway, right? Like it's uh, that's a lost cause. That you know that we're always going to get whatever the establishment wants. But I was just hoping, hoping that maybe, maybe we'd at least you know be able to lock up some of these people. Not even just the Clintons, just like you know, well, I mean, just Hunter Biden. The fact that that you know Giuliani, who look, he's a dirty guy too. But the fact that he's getting raided by the FBI and Roger Stone is getting oh, raided by the FBI and. I, I thought something people. at least would happen to Peter Strzok. Anybody. Anybody. <laughs> like I anybody know. at all. Yeah. I, I really had high hopes that something was going to happen, but it just took me about a year to realize that Trump is basically cut from the same cloth and he lacks moral fiber, yeah. um, which I think we probably should have realized, but we were so caught up in this, you know, pwning the left. <laughs> right. Right. And well, the media. I yeah. Well, and like the whole thing was like, I remember people saying, that. well, you know, we never said he was perfect. He's a flawed character. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's what's the problem is we keep going for people with flawed characters. Yeah. You know? yeah. How about no somebody principles? of high moral value, high character? We haven't done, right. we haven't tried that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's important that no matter the course of their political transformation, that the ultimate conclusion that people must come to is that we can't use the system to change the system. And this is why you're so great, why Legal Man is so great. Um, government is our enemy. And we have nearly as little in common with these so-called based right-leaning conservatives, you know, the Bruce Jenner. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Oh, as we do um, with people like AOC and Jeremy Nadler. What can we do uh, once we come to the conclusion that even founding principles, unpopular opinion will not save us. Well, you know, in terms of like, I, I think there, there's going to be some, it's inevitable that there, this comes to a head, right. Or it doesn't like, that's the problem is there's, there's two options. One, either enough people 
uh, get fed up or something happens where, you know, for example, I think uh, uh, CRP was saying uh, not, well, actually it's been a while now that um, as they disenfranchise us and attack us more and more, like right now it's like, oh, you can't fly on planes, use banks or whatever, but eventually it's going to be, oh, you can't be alive, right? And <laughs> there might come a point where they are kicking down doors or, or you know, maybe the, the kinds of, uh, uh, you know, overweight, uh, low IQ military guys that are occupying D.C. are asked to fire upon someone in the same way that they shot uh, Ashley Babbitt, only in maybe a larger number, because apparently murdering one person on video is not enough to get the right mad. And so yeah, nobody gives a shit. Nobody even knows who this guy is. Right. No, <clears throat> and, yeah. And no one's no one's trying to find out. And, and so it's like. That's 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 why I think there's the other option where it just gets really shitty and, and slowly shitty and, and turns into Brazil. And uh, maybe we just become some second rate superpower where, you know, that's that's basically uh, being led by uh, another larger, more competent country like, uh, say, China, while we just sit there and, and, and our government essentially does what you know, North Korea does where they tell their people, Oh no, we're great. We're the best. You know, like don't, don't, don't watch TV. Don't believe that's all. Those are all lies from the capitalists. Like I, I honestly think that if, if, you know, we get knocked off the number one spot, they'll just, you know, they'll just run propaganda and we can <clears throat> see how, you know, smart the normies are. So they'll just laugh at them and be like, Oh yeah, America number one. And uh, it, things will just get shittier. The economy will get worse. You know, it, it'll just be uh, um crap <laughs> and so it's like either scenario though it, it's you don't want to live in the cities and no. you don't want to live uh, uh off of the system that's collapsing because either it's going to collapse really uh epically in in a way that you're going to get hit by falling debris or it's going to just become uh, decrepit and awful to live in so uh, my, my suggestion to people is, is look, try to, and plus we've all seen, you can't, we have apparently have not even a national elections don't even matter at this point. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, why, why try to play that game when you can at least, you can play the, the local politics game and have uh, at least better results. I mean, there's always going to be, you know, fraud and, and dirty tricks and whatever, but you don't have the same control over that, that you do someone that you know a place where you can actually go to their office you know you live a few blocks away from the, the government office or or you know however far away but you can actually just drive up knock on the door of someone and say look you know you're you, this this thing you're considering uh this legislation you're considering that's going to directly affect me and uh i and, and bring your friends with you you know you can you can intimidate local politicians a lot easier than you can intimidate uh, you know, people on the national level, because apparently we're not intimidating. I mean, that's the bottom line. Like, we <laughs> don't know. scare them, you know, like despite what they say on Twitter, they're not, they don't seem that afraid of us. So uh, I think that if you're going to get involved, get involved at the local level. And, and the other thing too, is just everyone's talking about like, Oh, I want to live in these communities like the 1950s, you know, with the, you know, the, the, the trad uh, wife and all this other stuff. It's like, okay, well, those communities don't exist. So you can make one, uh, but no one else is going to make one for you. So yeah. that's the other side of it is like, you know, yeah, you, maybe you have to be the one that su that sucks it up and sacrifices so your kid can live in that community, right? You know, like like uh, my ancestors had to 
go, uh, you know, whatever they had to get go through to, to, when they crossed the ocean to come to America, you know, and and uh, li literally in some cases walk across yeah. what are now states and uh, you know build cabins out of trees they chopped down, you know, and, and like there was no awesome community there when they did that. And that's, but that's what builds communities like that. And so there's still enough open space in America and enough uh, opportunity to do that. And yeah, you could say, well, they're just going to come after you anyway. And like everyone always says like, oh, it's, it'll be like Waco if you do that. It's like, yeah, or, so what? You know, it's like, so you do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I, I, that's, yeah. that's what I recommend people. And then obviously you pay attention to what's going on because it, it, it does affect you. And I don't get mad at people that do want to try to participate on the local or on the national level and try to make sure that, you know, that our 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 uh, desires are at least talked about on the national stage as much as you possibly can get them talked about with all the censorship uh, censorship going on. But uh, for me, it's just it, it's more productive to worry about your immediate family and and to focus on even just creating a family. Uh, do you, so that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely true. Do you think that balkanization is even feasible? Um, I, I hear you being, being productive on a, on a local level. I think that that's really important, but I, I do have this fear that my community that I'm investing so much in is just going to be destroyed by the federal government. I mean, it's the only option we have, so it doesn't really right. matter that much, <laughs> but do you think it's feasible? Well, I mean, look, so there, the two ways they could go after you, right, is they could try to, you know, pass legislation that makes it damn near impossible to live where you're living, you know, like the Agenda 21 type stuff, right, where they make it so, oh, you can't use well water anymore, or you can, you know, whatever, right, like, and try to regulate you out of your community, um, or at the national level, like at the federal level, right, because if you, if you take care of your local community, you don't have to worry about that stuff, or they can use force. And so I would, like I said, you prepare for those two things. You prepare for, uh, you know, you, you make sure you you get involved with the local government and your local community, so that you know that they're not, uh, you know, some Rothschild funded uh, dipshit that moves into town isn't the one that's getting elected to, you know, as mayor or whatever, you know, rubber stamping all this globalist garbage. Uh, but then you also prepare for the possibility of force, you know, and I think that's a responsible thing to do. Uh, and I think more and more people are are realizing that that's that the, the Second Amendment doesn't exist in case someone wants to steal your the car out of your garage, you know. And and so that's that's um, you know th those are things that you can't I mean you can't prevent, but it's things that you can uh, uh, prepare for. And are so there... I just recommend people do that. That's definitely what I'm doing. And all of my neighbors, <laughs> are there any other successful methods that you've developed to, uh, especially emotionally cope with the tyranny that we are living under, um, and the impending collapse of the country? Laughter. I just laugh <laughs> at it now. Like, yeah, you, you got me down for a while. Like mourning the death of your nation. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, I yeah. used to get really, really kind of down, like, especially, when I was, when I was still holding on to like just the Seth Rich stuff, right. When oh, I was yeah, like, you know, yeah. the more I would dive into that and, and then, um, you know, also like just some of the, the stuff we've, we've discovered about the, their proclivities for, uh, children, that sort of thing. Yeah. And the, the, you know, darker it gets when you're researching that stuff. I mean, there was a moment when I was just like, they're, they're literally like 
fucking baby eating Satanists. You know, like this is this is worse than I ever could have imagined. Like I thought they were like just misguided assholes, but no. Oh yeah, these, the WikiLeaks like especially evil. really oh, revelatory. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and so there is a time. I went through a phase where it was like, uh, in fact, I was working with this guy uh, at the time on on material, and he's like, "You all right, man?" <laughs> I was just like, "Yeah, it's just you know, I couldn't sleep again. It was just you know." Kept reading about all this stuff, and it was—it's horrifying. Uh, and so, but once you get through that, I think everyone has to go through that because it is like a mourning process, right? Uh, and and even some of the other steps that people talk about when you're you know mourning something, you know, the denial and anger and bargaining and all that stuff. And uh, but eventually, you just get to acceptance, and you're just like, oh, all right, and it—you can have a sense of humor about it again, you know. Yeah, I kind of see us in a few years as, I don't know, in 10, 20 years as uh, kind of like a lesser Eastern European country. But then I start to think, do we really want to be on this international, we'd be the most important country, the most productive country in the world? Why? I, I don't want to do that. Right. We don't have values that we need to instill in other countries. Or, why, why would we do that? Well, um, America was way more awesome when we weren't, you know, a superpower. Yeah, you know? that's true. That is another question that I was going to ask you. Do you think that America ever had a period of true greatness or was this rot kind of baked into the cake? Uh, I think any, anywhere that there's going to be like big money, you're going to have that that kind of corruption. I think uh, it parts of the country, certainly just because of the separation from power like if you i mean you're the physical separation from power so like if you were a homesteader uh that was settling the the wild wild west and and you know the nearest sheriff what was even you know maybe a hundred miles away or or further uh that i think that's when you had greatness you had communities that were just governing themselves if you were a horse thief they hung you you know like so people didn't screw around and uh you know that was to me, I think that that was a, a, a good time to be alive, like a dangerous time, certainly, but it, that would have been a good time to be alive because at least then it's kind of like how you know people fantasize about, I've talked about this on my stream, where they'll, they'll, they'll fantasize about zombie movies. And one of the appeals, I think, uh, for zombie movies is that everyone is is reset to zero, you know, like yes. so you'll have the guy who was like he was a Wall Street banker, but now he's just like everyone else, you know, holding an axe and trying to, you know, chop the zombie heads off. And uh, you know, so all these people that had power or or some kind of uh, you know, class they were born into you know, before the zombie apocalypse, now they're you know, they're just the same as everybody else. And I kind of feel like that's how it would, it would have been, right? If, if because you and it kind of was like you had people that came from wealth that came to America to get like their their homestead, like uh, you know, it, obviously it's fictional, but like kind of like in, in the movie Far and Away, right? Like Nicole Kidman's family's all rich, and they go, "Oh, we're gonna go, uh, you know, go to America and and find our our homestead." And and, and the, the poor Tom Cruise character, that's you know, he's just like a farm boy. You know, he's there for the same reason and. And so it kind of, things are, you know, power was kind of equalized uh, to some extent. And uh, I think that that's, that's really a, 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 an appealing thing when you have the kind of lopsided uh, power structure we've got now, where it, it, like so much money and power is concentrated in such a small, tiny part of the population. 
And uh, so anything that it can avoid that. And look, if we weren't a world superpower, a lot of those you know, one percenters, why would they want to set up shop here? Wouldn't they mm. want to go to wherever the, the new power center is? Right. So it should be something the, of a relief. I think. Right. Well, I mean, think of all these like third world countries. I mean, if the demographics were different, I'd probably want to move to one of them, you know, yeah. because who like there, there's no one trying to uh, subvert them to use them as their own private army or, or whatever. Right. You know, you would just they're just some shitty, you know, third world country somewhere. The only reason I don't want to go there is it's uh, is because of why it's shitty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's a biological element in that too. So it's kind of like I, I if, but if it was just, we're just some poor uh, crappy uh, country where there's an, enough of a frontier, which I, you know, America is so big that there, there will be at least for our lifetimes, you can go out and carve out, a space and start a community and uh, be relatively left alone uh, by the government. And, and so, and, and if you're not like, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, you can sit there and worry about it or you can, you can prepare for what you think might happen and and hope it doesn't. That's true. I mean, but the quality of the average American is, is so poor. We're so, we're so weak now. Gosh. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, um, I think about what my ancestors that came here in 1607, what they had to go through. And I'm still on the internet, like, Ooh, people don't like me. And it it actually hurts my feelings. (laughs) I'm like, all right, okay. I got to get it together. And, um, I, I feel like I'm more courageous than most Americans. So you made this video, um, about an experiment where the subject was told to identify a line out of three lines that's equal in length to a control line. And when the other subjects in the group um, who were actually experimenters, right? Yeah, they deliberately answered the question incorrectly. Many of the subjects gave an answer that they knew was incorrect in order to conform or because they didn't trust their own perception. They didn't trust what they could see in front of their faces. Um, But interestingly, when one person gave the correct answer, one of the other experimenters, then the subject was, uh, they they would build their confidence and they would be like, no, no, like this is the correct answer. So do you think that this can be extrapolated to society as a whole? Because I'm growing increasingly unforgiving of those that refuse to speak obvious truths for fear of social or financial repercussions. I'm like, all right, like we're, we're in the 11th hour here. And you're like, oh, my, my, my job and I've got a blah, blah, blah. It's like we have to be talking about this openly uh, at our jobs, right? Well, it, it's it's there's a number of things going on here. Like uh, not only is it just, oh, my job, it's like you can't even ask them to, to not give Netflix money. You know, it's like, right. you, you know, <laughs> or, or to not, you know, pay for their stuff on Amazon and stuff like yeah. that. But I think what's going on is, one, you have uh, just humans are evolved. Uh, you, you can't have. Uh, we wouldn't have made it very far if everyone had the temperament and the desires of a leader, right? Like yeah, you, that's true. there's a lot of people have to be followers. Mm-hmm. And uh, also you're naturally going to be uh, wired to want to follow who you perceive as having the most strength, the most power. And so that that's another thing I think that's, that's going on. Uh, but then you also just have uh, a lot like the, the, uh, society now is so comfort driven. Everyone's so comfort driven that uh, the the very little amount, I mean, it's not that much, like the, the small amount of discomfort that's required. I mean, aside from obviously if you're, if you're really tied to the, the wage slave system where you're like really in debt and you're living paycheck to paycheck and a lot of Americans are, 
And, uh, you know, you, you view, um, you know, getting fired from your job is like a threat to your survival. You know, so that's going to be, that's going to be a huge ask to say, Hey, do this thing that might get you to, you know, you're fired from your job when you, you know, that you could ultimately become homeless if you go down that path. And especially if you have a family or something like that. And so I think that you got all those things going on and, and, uh, and then just the, the, one of the biggest things is you have uh, just a, a dysgenic effect going on in the populations. It's not, and it's not just demographic. Uh, you have uh, uh, IQs among white populations going down too. And uh, you know, you can argue about as to what that, why that is, but uh, that's just a fact. So you just have people getting dumber and lazier and uh, you know, too afraid to get fired from their job. I mean, to, I mean, everyone's like so many people are in debt, like, especially if they go to college, they start out in debt and then they get a loan for their house. They get a loan for their car or you know, worse yet, they lease a car or something like that. And so they're always tied to payments and they don't have any kind of savings and they don't have any kind of uh, uh, wealth power. You know, they don't have any kind of, uh, I mean, they couldn't make, I mean, look at, look at all these uh, stimulus checks that are going out. And uh, people are, are getting addicted to that money now too, to the extent where that could become like a permanent thing to make them even more dependent on the system. Because this, this totally works for the ruling class, obviously, like you know, to have, have you dependent on the system. The last thing you're going to want to do is to do something that's going to fight this, the thing that keeps you alive. You know, you're not going to bite the hand that feeds. And so I think that's that's what's going on. And so that's another reason why it's so important to get people to become self-sufficient, because then you you have the, that uh, that fear is lifted from you. You know, you don't have because not everyone has the balls to just say, ah, all right, whatever, I'll I'll get fired. I'm I'm competent, or not everyone has the competency. Like a lot of people, I mean, they're I, I if I you know before I started doing uh, what I'm doing now, or even now, like if I needed to get a new job tomorrow, A, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like uh, a lot of these people that are too good. I'd go work at like a, a dish. I'd do a dishwashing job or, or, you know, whatever shitty job that I could get. Right. And a lot of people aren't, aren't willing to do that. Uh, but the other side of it is I'm competent enough to where that I wouldn't have to do something like that. Right. And there's mm -hmm. just a lot of people that they're just not competent people or flexible people. They're not nimble. Right. And uh, so I think that that's, that's part of it too. So I think promoting people, you know, get, getting them to have skills, to have confidence and to uh, peel away any kind of uh, tentacles that the uh, glo globalists have on them uh, is a good thing to focus on because you'll never, yeah. you're never going to get, get to people as long as they, they are reliant on the system. Just, for basic survival. I mean, you're fighting That's true. You know, basic yeah. instincts at that point. Maybe I'm just projecting my own competence on stupid people, because I think that if you just quit your job, wouldn't you be like, all right, well, I'm going to find a job that better suits my lifestyle. I'm going to try to think uh, outside of the box. I'm going to reduce my debt. Um, or if I were like a college age student, I'd be like, why would I, why would I go to college right now? I'm just going to become a welder or something. Not me, but if I were a dude, um, so, so I don't know. I, I just, you, you're a kinder soul than I am. I just lack sympathy for people in this end civilization that are like, Oh, I'm going to go get my MBA. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, do, do a job that people need right now. It's not going to help you 
when we're like stripping Walmart for from a you know copper from a Walmart in in <laughs> ten years or whatever we're doing, um, you know, it's, nobody's going to give a shit that you have your MBA. Like we we need to be thinking bigger. Uh, so I don't know. You're probably right though. That's a scary thing to do if you have kids, especially to be like, all right, I'm just gonna just gonna quit my job. Um, but outside of inspiring people by destroying our own lives by saying whatever we want on the internet, is there anything that can be done to rouse their courage or is it just part of the American or Western spirit that's dead? Uh, well, you got to remember too, uh, a lot of the, the, the reason, see, look, uh, you and I, we both have ancestors that, that, uh, went, that took that leap and, and came across before there was an America, right? They weren't going to America because of the, the fancy shopping malls, you know, like they were coming to America because it was this big, scary place, but like the, you know, you, you had a chance, you know, to do something with it. Like you could go out there and, and, you know, maybe uh, wipe out some Indians and have some land, you know? <laughs> so like uh, that, that was, you know, that was the, that's what you could do. And, and a lot of people, you got to remember a lot of the people, a lot of white people that live in America today, that's not their background. You know, a lot yeah. of their families came here when there was, uh, you know, everything was established, you know, like uh, you know, a lot of families, like you know, say Ben Shapiro's family, you know, they came here well after everything was established, you know? And uh, so a lot of these people came around the turn of the century after, uh, you know, there was already uh, industry, there was always, you could, al you could already be comfortable. And a lot of times yeah. they came with money, you know, they came here. And so they don't have, like, I think what, unfortunately a lot of founding stock americans we we uh, project uh, speak of, you know we're talking about projecting qualities on people we project this you know this uh what we feel is oh this is the american way you know this is the american spirit it's the really pioneering not. spirit yeah <laughs> right it's really not it's just it's the founding stock spirit it's the people mm -hmm. that came here and because there was a think about it, there that was a selection event right like you're, you you right. had a very very eugenic thing happened because you, you got a very yeah. specific kind of, uh, you know, risk taking competency level, you know, high level. Right. I just saw in the live chat, we don't have the courage that comes from facing death. That's exactly it. Right. Right. And the people that, that risked it all to come to America when this was just like a, you know, big mystery, uh, scary wilderness, that's, that's a totally different kind of, of person. And, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't know what, if there's anyone that's even done a study to find out what percentage of America is founding stock at this point, but I, I would imagine it's dwindling. In and 1900, so it was 80%. Oh, yeah. But in, in 1900, there was a lot of things that were higher than 80%. <laughs> it's probably what, like a third, maybe 20, 30% now. Uh, you know, pro honestly, probably imagine. if that. Yeah. And, and and so that's what you're dealing with. So even if you're taught, like, cause a lot of, you know, you look at the, the people that look like you and, and maybe even vote like you and, and you're, and you're thinking like, how come you don't have the, the same risk taker gene or whatever that is that, that I've got. Uh, and it's because a lot of these guys, yeah, they've only been here. I mean, I was, okay. As an example, I was talking to uh, uh, last year, uh, I was talking to a cattle rancher and uh, I was, the, the the subject of uh, race and IQ came up because I'd had some drinks in me, and uh, I, I was I was trying to get him to to just admit it because like dude, you know there's like different cows like you're a fucking cattle rancher you have different cows for milk 
that you do for like the beef, right? Like you really, I bet you care a lot about the genetics of your cows. He's like, yeah. I was like, why would, why would you care if, if everyone's the same, right? Every cow is exactly the same. And, 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 and he was getting really pissed off and he, and he, I knew that he knew, but he wouldn't say it. And, uh, and then he, uh, I, it's cause he was a big enough cattle rancher to where he relied on illegal immigrant labor and yeah. he was paying and he was a very, he was super libertarian. And, uh, you know, he was like basically like the based boomer libertarian. Right. And uh, but then I, 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 you know, talked about his his background. He'd only been here two generations. You know, his his uh, family had come here from uh, like, I think it was like Denmark or something like that. And with money already. And they mm-hmm. bought up a ranch and, uh, you know, the way they go. So it was like it, totally different background. And, and I just for whatever until he mentioned that I thought, oh, you must, you know, you must have lived in the in the in the the old west a long time, you know, and because you're a cattle rancher and you're, you know, nope. So it's I think that that has a big, big or that that's a big part of it. Um, and and I also think that you know it's greed. Like in his case, it's greed. You know, he did he didn't want to have to uh, feel you know and shame. Like he'd been paying illegal immigrants for however long, you know, next to nothing, and not hiring uh, people you know, his people to do the jobs that he had available so that he can make a few extra bucks. And so he can sleep better at night if he can, like that, about half of libertarianism is convincing millionaires that they're not bad people (laughs) and convincing (laughs) you that millionaires aren't bad people, you know? And so I think that that, that's just part of it. And so they're willing to let the the ship, you know, I think that some libertarians, they're just having to face reality a little more these days just because of how bad it's gotten. But mm. um, I mean, that's that's a lot of money went into uh, brainwashing the uh, the conservative right into being libertarian. Right. You know, for the last 20, 30 years. I mean, that's because it was like the you can have your cake and eat it, too, kind of a thing for the ruling class. It's like, OK, well, we can have this free market stuff, but you also have to be accepting of trans and gay and all this other stuff because, you know, what, what, what people do in the privacy, you know, it's freedom, you Americans, you know, we like freedom, you know? So it's, it, it's, uh, it's a big thing to overcome too. Just the fact that there's, uh, uh, there is an education problem with some of this stuff too. You know, like, uh, I think that, that, uh, and, and they know that and that's why they banned everyone off of YouTube and all these in uh, Twitter and stuff like that. And, and they try to get rid of these conversations because if allowed to compete with their arguments, uh, our arguments always win. And right. so they, they have to shut it down. Uh, right. I mean, can you think of anything that's more influential than like on, on Gen Z than 4chan? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what are they going to do when these, when these opinions get out? I mean, you you talk about this a little bit in your channel too, but once you start down this rabbit hole, the left is right about this. We do have kind of a series of radicals. It's not radicalization, but that's what they think it is, where you start off with Tim Pool, and then in six months, you're reading the Daily Stormer every day. And, <laughs> and that's just <laughs> how it goes. Um, and I think it's because you just get deeper in these ideas and, and there's nothing stopping you from from taking on this deluge of, of truth. And I don't see a lot of people that are just stopping at Tim pool. I, people keep going. I, uh, I hope so. Cause I mean, the reason I, I, I wonder if that's true is it, you look at Tim pool's audience, right? And yeah. It's huge. And uh, a lot of these guys, I mean, look, 
the uh, uh, not, not not everyone's audience is huge, and a lot of them are inflated, right? So like the the people that you know, like like the Ben Shapiro's of the world who who get funding from billionaires to steer people away from uh, you know more radical ideas. Uh, you know, I think a lot of their numbers are inflated, but they're 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 if you add them all up and you add you know the Jordan Petersons of the world and stuff like that, uh, they. They they're or Joe Rogan, you know, they're reaching way more people than mm. than we. Oh yeah. Now, if we were, now this would all change if we were allowed to be like if there weren't algorithmic uh, obstacles and there weren't uh, um, a tribe of people that didn't like us uh, and used all of their influence and and uh, uh, reach to to shut us up. If you know you didn't have that kind of stuff going on. Uh, then who knows, right? But uh, we do have all that stuff going on, and it's effective. If it wasn't effective, they wouldn't do it. And so it's kind of like, well, we'll reach some people, and uh, we can work with what we got. But there's never going to be like this. Uh, I don't think at least. I mean, ho- I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think there's going to be like this moment where the dam breaks and all the all the maga boomers figure it out. You know, I just I just think that the the status quo works for so many people. Um, you know, big and small that they're just willing to, I mean, so many people are happy with, uh, their, their wage slave job. Like they're, they're content. They're content with it. They, they get enough entertainment and calories and, and, uh, well now they're, you know, they're legalizing weed everywhere so they can just get high and, and, uh, eat, eat Cheetos and play video games and they're good to go, you know? And, uh, you know, as soon as they get the, the sex robots out there, they're like, Hey, everyone's set. And so it's like, I don't see this moment where uh, the average person is going to like get mad. The only way that that would happen is if these resources dried up, because, you know, say what you want about the ruling class. One thing they've been good at is making sure that everyone's just happy enough to not freak out. Mm-hmm. And and that's what it would take is you'd have to have a loss of infrastructure. I mean, just as an example, we have the the pipeline thing going on right now and they're running out of gas. Look at, look how quickly people are like spurging out. Like, Oh my God, I was, I went to like four different gas stations because that's all it takes. Right. Yeah. Just to have inconvenience to where like their day gets a little fucked up. And, uh, but the machine is, is, is so um, streamlined right now that uh, I, what it would take a lot to, to really interrupt uh, these, uh, I don't, I don't know, like uh, these, the, the the table scraps that they throw on the floor for the dogs, it would take a lot to to interrupt the flow of that uh, in a significant enough way to where the average you know normie Republican or normie right winger is like, okay, well now I'm actually mad enough to do something, you know? Yeah, I mean maybe uh, retracting all the bread and circuses might be effective. I'm seeing people get so pissed about this Black Lives Matter initiative and the NFL or whatever the fuck. I'm like why are you watching sports? Like, wh- right. Why are you even bothering engaging in this? And so I think that when we see stuff like this, it, it's, it's getting to people that, that really enjoy engaging in these pastimes and, and the escapism of it, because they're like the one thing that I had had left that I could escape into is now, um, you know, fully political. So maybe it would just take that, but I think you're probably right. It's going to take some kind of catastrophic, catastrophic event um right. i mean and it, it could be from an outside source even. even yeah yeah i did want to talk a little bit about your your movie reviews because um it's been some of your most influential content for me uh your video on american american beauty was 
fantastic. It was, I think it's one of your finest videos. And every time I watch one of your reviews, I realize that even now, I don't pick up on all the propaganda that's being spewed at me, which makes me really disappointed in myself. Um, some stuff really does still get in there. So aside from just being discerning about the nature of the content we consume, uh, what can we do to recognize propaganda that's just around us, not necessarily only in film? <clears throat> well, I think the the first thing you got to realize is everyone, everyone, whether it's nefarious or not, everyone who makes art has an agenda. Oh yeah, and, and in fact, art without an agenda is kind of boring, you know. And so there has to be like anything you're watching, it has an agenda. And so it's all you have to do is is look at who's making this stuff or who's funding it or or whatever to realize who's going to be setting that agenda. Now, it's again, it's not always going to be something nefarious or bad, but it, it's, there's always going to be an agenda there, even you know positive art like uh, or positive propaganda is it has a positive agenda but it's still there right and uh, you know a, a perfect example I did that other video about um, John Wayne funded that um, that movie or that video series warning young boys you know about the dangerous homosexuals and stuff like that and so it was uh, uh, you know if you make like any kind of film or, or music, or even I, I would even say like paintings to a lesser degree, you have some, you have something you're trying to make the audience feel. And so uh, as someone who, you know, that's, that's kind of the field that I was in. I studied that a lot and I, you know, watched lots of movies sometimes repeatedly until like, you know, I, I just studied them very closely because as someone that was writing my own scripts and things like that, I wanted to understand like, okay, well, how, you know, how, how is this done? Uh, and it got to the level now I can't, it's hard for me to get lost in a movie because I'm so, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm always just looking at it you know, like, oh, you know, even if it's not like a, a bad thing where I'm being critical, it's just like, oh, that, that shot, I wonder how that was accomplished or, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, so it's hard for me to just, I can't just watch something and zone out. Um, I mean, maybe every once in a while it happens, but it, it's hard to do. Um, but I would say, just realize that Anything you watch, that's what it's for. And, and especially if it's for mass consumption, like if you have anything that uh, is, if it's on television, well, I mean, now it's, you know, I guess streaming services is more relevant, but anything that's really super popular because if it didn't have an agenda before, it definitely will now because now they know, oh, we have, because just I can just picture the writer's room where they're like, <laughs> oh, we're reaching so many people. We're reaching so many people. It, it'd be irresponsible of us for us to not promote trans rights, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and shit like that. Like, even it, like I said, even if it's not like some shadowy guy calling them up and saying, you must promote, you know, gay sex in your next episode. Or, you know, even if it's not that, the, the kinds of people that are in those writers' rooms uh, are activists and and they're going to they're gonna want to promote it, even if they're not being told to, Right. And so I think that just understanding that and uh, uh, you'll start to, and you'll just start to see. And, and the other thing is too, I see a lot of people, they, they think that if they enjoy something, if they like it, if like they think the jokes are funny, then it can't possibly be bad. Right. And I'm telling like, no, it couldn't possibly be good propaganda if you didn't like it. You know, like if, if you didn't like it, it would be like the most, it'd be the worst propaganda ever made because <laughs> yeah. no one would be watching it. Mm -hmm. And I'm, that's the one thing I, I experienced the most in terms of 
people getting pissed off is I'll, I'll dissect one of their favorite movies or their favorite shows. And, and they never, the funny thing is they never have an argument. They just get, they just lash out emotionally because I'm uh, attacking something that made them feel emotional because that's the whole point of propaganda gets you to think emotionally. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so if, if it's something that you love and, and it, it, because of the emotions that you were feeling as you watched it, uh, you know, you, you are going to lash out like a, you know, like a teenager who uh, gets mad when you criticize their favorite band or something like right, that. Right. Right. So that's, I just think you got to realize the, what are they just think to yourself when you're watching something, what are they trying to not, not necessarily even think, what are they trying to make me feel? Because they're always trying to make you feel something. And that's, that's a true. good starting point. And, and when you hit on people's nostalgia too, um, a few months ago, my parents were like, you've never seen Chinatown. We have to watch Chinatown. And so I watched it. And then there's that scene um, where he gets kicked out of the country club. And my parents just didn't remember. And they were pissed off for like two weeks that they had loved this movie their whole lives that was filled <laughs> with propaganda. Um, just just furious about it. But how about uh, news? Do you, do you consume any media? Yeah, well, I, I I pay attention to the news just enough to like know what the hell's going on. Um, I'm not <laughs> as you know invested in it as I was um, even just a few months ago, because before I, as much as I I knew, I mean I knew nothing was going to happen. I was kind of hoping that that Trump would, even if he wasn't our guy, that maybe maybe he would just even if it was to satisfy his own ego you know, would, would, would cross the Rubicon or do something that would maybe spark. You know, Cause look, he has enough influence on normies and MAGA boomers to where if yeah. anyone was going to get the party started, it would, it would be yeah, him. Would like be him. he would, he had the ability to do it. And so I was kind of hoping that something would get squirrely and you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I knew, I ultimately knew like nothing was going to happen, but I was kind of still hoping. Um, and, uh, but now it's kind of like, uh, well, you know, it, I have to pay attention because you have to see like, it's like a thermometer, right? You have to keep checking. Like if you're cooking something that you've never cooked before, you have to keep checking the thermometer and, you know, checking on it and making sure you're not burning it and stuff like that. And that's kind of the way I, I, I look at this is like, we've never done that. We've never, we're going into uncharted territory yeah. as a nation, as a people. Uh, and there's certainly things you can look at in the past that you can compare it to, but it's, you know, it's n- nothing like this. The technology level that we have is totally changes everything. And the demographic shift is something completely different. You know, the movement of people alone, there, there's never been a mass migration of people on the scale that there has been, not just in the United States, but in the West in general, all these people from around the world. Uh, that wouldn't wouldn't physically be able to do the kind of movement that has taken place in such a short period of time. Uh, you know, the, the fact that our money is just fake and gay, you know, it's just like, it's, it's so that we have all these weird things going on. And so it's, you have to watch the news enough to see uh, what, what, what's going on because I've talked about like how uh, as we circled the drain, the closer you get to the drain, the faster you spin until Mm -hmm. one day you just get, you know, sucked in. And uh, see, it's good to know kind of, all right, well, how fast are we spinning? How fast is the merry-go-round going around now? And, uh, and so it's because there is going to be, I think a level of entropy to all this, you know, at a certain point, things are going to fly apart. 
And uh, so you gotta you gotta keep an eye on stuff. I mean, there's certain things that have happened just in the last. I mean, 2020. Uh, I mean, that was crazy year, right? But I, 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 it seemed like a crazy year. 2021, I'm sure, be even crazier, right? And uh, so it's just keeping an eye on things like that because it, you need to be prepared for what could happen. And uh, it's it'd be way better to have a, a jump on people. You know, like if you know that something's bad going to happen and you can like, I remember when the COVID stuff, right? Like, I didn't know if it was real or not. I just knew like, oh, this is a big deal. One, you know, one way or the other, either this is real or it's not. Uh, I'm going to prepare and get a bunch of food and supplies and stuff. And then sure enough, like a month later, you know, everyone's getting locked down and stuff. Uh, but so if you pay more attention than the normies who are stuffing their face with Cheetos and and uh, vape pens and and whatever and uh, playing playing video games, you're going to be uh, more prepared than than they are when when resources get scarce and and like like you know whether it's gas on the East Coast. Uh, I could have told people like you know, as soon as I read that story on my stream uh, Saturday, I was like thinking to myself, yeah, if I lived out there, I'd be filling up every container I had full of gas. Yeah, and you know now they're running out. And so if you had done that like on Friday or Saturday when this first happened, because you were paying attention, you'd be good to go. Now there's people that potentially can't make it to work, yeah, you know, because they won't be able to get gas. So just things like that. There's a practical uh, reason to, to pay attention to this stuff um, and, and not have your head in the sand. Um, but there's, you know, it's, it's um, I don't pay attention because I feel like really we have a whole lot of control over it at this point. It's just more just like, uh, uh, you know, I got to see where, where we're going. Yeah, I agree. Did you ever, uh, I, I know you've got some opinions on Tucker Carlson. I want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but did you ever really love him? No, I never loved him because he's on TV. So if you're, <laughs> if you're a guy and, and I always knew his background, right? I, yeah. I mean, I've been aware of him for years and years. It's not like he's came out of nowhere. Uh, and he, he always, he was always kind of like this douchey rich guy. And, uh, he's, I, I honestly, I just don't trust people that come from that level of money. Even if they appear to be on my side, I can never trust them fully because we have a hunt, like our life experience is totally different. Yeah. You know, we have, oh, that's weird. <laughs> one of my, one of my, uh, security cameras just started talking. Uh, so <laughs> you are Hopefully ready. That's fine. Uh, so no, like the, the, uh, the, the, as far as Tucker goes, like, oh my God, it could be any louder. The, uh, uh, as far as Tucker goes, it, it's even if he's not, I mean, his background, just uh, for people that don't know, his dad was CIA. His uh, mom's family is the Swanson, like, you know, Swanson frozen food. He's the heir, him and his brother, they're the heirs to that fortune. We're talking really? like, I didn't oh, yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, we're talking like millions and millions of dollars. But didn't his mom abandon the family? Uh, that part I don't know, but I, I do know that they got all that, that they have that fortune. In fact, there was a when I was doing research on him, I found this story about how uh, his brother and he had uh, a like a, a some land that they had forgotten about that, that they had, uh, 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 somehow it was was wrapped up in in all this this fortune that was worth like millions and millions of dollars in California. And just the idea that like they forgot about like, uh, like millions and millions, millions of dollars worth of land in California. And I was just like, what? 
And then, and like the CIA dad thing, that's bad. But what's even worse is after Tucker got out of college, he applied for a job at the CIA. And they, and the official story is that uh, he didn't get accepted. Mm-hmm. And, and then suddenly started doing news jobs immediately after that and worked his way up. And I'm like, okay, well, that's possible, but it's also kind of weird that your dad worked at CIA and here you are the exact kind of person the CIA hires, like this rich, yeah. era, you know, to like this fortune whose dad worked there already, like, you know, and, and you're not getting the job and you're not dumb. Like, you know, we all know Tucker's a smart guy. So it's just, it's a little weird. It's a little weird that, uh, you know, that's that he would go to the family business and uh, and get turned down and then immediately start working in media, but it's possible. I but don't I've know. Also no, I, I know him. you're right, but it still pains me. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> I want to just trust him, you know. Well, I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying I know. I know one way or the other, but it's just that. No, you're clearly you have, right. He's controlled opposition. Right. Well, and, and then there's stuff about like the. Uh, uh, I mean, just years ago, there was someone that confronted him because he he help torpedo Ron Paul. And, uh, you know, he was, they were, they were confronting him about that. And this is on video somewhere. I don't know where it meant. Uh, it's probably on YouTube somewhere, but, uh, they, he confronted some guy just says like, how come, you know, you didn't support Ron Paul and this that and the other. And he was like, well, I would have, but Ron Paul started supporting these disgusting conspiracy theories about nine 11. Oh, and, right, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. and so it's just like, you know, he promotes the, the official line on too many things and look at if any, well, we've talked about like all the stuff earlier about how, Oh, people are afraid of losing their jobs, you know, cause you could be, you know, you wouldn't be able to survive. If any, anyone can stand to lose their job, it's fucking billionaire Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh no, you get, you know, fewer <laughs> solid gold cars in your, in your fucking garage. Like he can handle getting fired. And uh, yeah. yeah, in fact, if he got fired and started his own little, you know, streaming thing or whatever, he would he would maybe not reach as many uh, you know boomers in in the nursing homes with with uh, you know the the dial glued to Fox News, but uh, so what? Like those people aren't going to do anything for us anyway, and does, so it, it does. It just I don't I don't I don't. That's why I don't like him. I guess is what it boils down to. Do you think he serves any purpose to wake up normies and set them on a path to the reality of our situation? No, because like, so here's the other thing too, is he like, so the, I'd made fun of him the other night because uh, he was talking about uh, uh, the the replacement uh, and everyone got all excited because he said replacement. And I was like, oh, he's talking about white replacement. Oh my God. It was getting all <laughs> super excited. But then he started, he, he totally zigged instead of zagged and started talking about how oh, it's a voting rights issue. Wouldn't bring up anything, you know, and but, yeah. well, he has to say that. Why? Why does he have to say that? Why? Because he, because because he'll go he'll go broke and his family will lose everything if he gets fired from his shit job at you know at Fox News. No, he has to say that because he's playing the game and he's one of them, you know. And he won't get invited to the, the fancy parties or or you know maybe you know, or who knows right. But uh, I've but I've I hear I hear people like I I've talked to MAGA boomers on a uh, more regular basis than I would like to, uh, but it just it's part of my life right now and. Uh, I hear what they say after watching Tucker and it's, it's not, they're not getting through. He's not getting through. See, here's the problem with Tucker is a lot of people are hearing what they want to hear. You know, they're, they're, they're so desperate for anyone on TV to say something even remotely like the truth that just because he's not uh, hitting them in the head 
Like it's like it's relief, you know, it, it feels nice because it's like, oh, God, all right, this is he, he's not talking about genociding me in, in, as a good thing. You know, <laughs> so it, it's yeah. it's uh, I think there's a lot of people that that feel that way. But who knows? I could be wrong. I mean, look, maybe he just has some strategy that, in my opinion, is is bad and he's trying to help help out his people. But I, I just mm. I don't see that. I don't think so. It's always two steps forward and one step back with him. Like the other day he had some guy on talk about his daughter's indoctrination with critical race theory in some Miami school. And within two seconds of the conversation, he was already talking about how he's like a, you know, second generation Holocaust survivor and all oh, that shit. I'm God, like, yeah. God, it just happened so fast. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like, are we going to talk about critical race theory in schools or not? Or are you going to have this guy talk about the Holocaust? It's like, and you know, they rehearse these segments before they get, they, they just yeah. don't let these people go on live and say whatever they want. So they're like, yeah, talk about this Holocaust. Thing. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I still am disappointed because I, I find him so likable and I, I really hung my, my hat on him and I, I hung in for a long time. I, I, I abandoned him when he was talking about the, he was condemning the Capitol riots, um, dark day in America and all this stuff. And he did that for a few days on his show. And then after that, I was like, right. like I'm, I'm out with you. And that was pretty recent. <laughs> I hung on for a long time. I don't know. Um, I did have one last question for you. So, uh, all the guests that I've been having on, I've been asking them, uh, what do you see for Americans over the next one year, five years, 10 years? Oof. I don't know. It's grim. Yeah. I mean, like, it's one of those things where like, um, I, I, I wish I knew I, 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 uh, ruggedized my life a couple years ago because I saw things I'd never seen before in like, all my, like I said, I followed news and politics my whole life. And even when I was seeing just the stuff like, um, not even so much that Antifa was rioting in the streets, but that nothing, law enforcement wasn't stopping it. Yeah. And, you know, Black Lives Matter, same thing. That all, not only were they doing this shit, but not, there was no counter to it. And in fact, if you tried to counter it, they went after you. Yeah. And so when I saw that happening, I realized, oh, so I'm officially, not only am I the enemy of the normies, I'm the enemy of the ruling class. This is not a good, this is not a safe position uh, to be in. And so uh, that, that's when I, I left the city and, uh, you know, started, you know, get, say, you know, getting food supplies and stuff like that and trying to, to get to a point where I could be deplatformed from the financial system and stuff like that and still have a chance. Right. <laughs> uh, and so that's, and, which is kind of what happened. Like, cause it was, it was shortly uh, after that, that they, you know, they banned my book uh, from Amazon and they uh, demonetized like all my stuff. And, and so, you know, it was, it was good timing, I guess, but um, I, I don't know, but it, I don't, it doesn't worry me as much now because mm -hmm. I kind of feel like, you know, you know, in kind of in a fucked up way, I sometimes like hope it, like I get to use all these supplies I have, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I, you know, I just like have to stare at them and they're sitting in a closet over here. Or I could, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, uh, I don't know. And at the same time though, like I know there's people that aren't in that position that, that haven't, uh, taken those steps yet. And I, I wouldn't wish them harm and, and, uh, hope that they, uh, do, do at least a version of what I've done to help their, their families and, and ensure their safety if anything, it's bad. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Cause it's, 
like I said, on one hand, the status quo is so beneficial for so many people uh, that it, it's, I think there's going to be a lot of people doing anything and everything they can to prop it up and to keep it going. And, uh, you know, it, it, people like to say Rome wasn't built in a day. Well, it didn't fall in a day either. You know, yeah. it, it, it takes it a, a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of momentum behind this, this walking corpse, you know, like it's going to take it a long time to come down. And, uh, and, and, but there's things that we don't have any control over or any way to predict that that could even spark some of this stuff. I mean, look, the stuff that's going on in the Middle East right now could spark another war. We don't know. Um, and, and it could, uh, it might be all it takes. Uh, they, you know, I put a story on Telegram the other day uh, talking about how uh, something like uh, 70, let me see what it is. Uh, it was 71% of eligible uh, Gen Zers don't qualify for military due to obesity, criminal records, and other reasons. Uh, 71%. Yikes. And so uh, the military, uh, I mean, look, it's a mess. So if we were to get in a conflict, you know, that that's going to be super unpredictable. Um, there's also the fact that like, look, I mean, why, who would be joining? I mean, like, what are you fighting for? Right. Like, right. like what do you, what, I, I can't imagine. I mean, because the funny thing is that their efforts to, to get rid of anything remotely nationalist, they've removed any national pride in, in almost everybody. An incentive. Right. And, and including me, like, I don't have any national pride, you know, like America, like, what does it even mean anymore? You know? I know. So it's like, I mean, I, what am I, I mean, am I trying to like go protect Bill Maher? Like when I go to like the battlefield, like, you know, <laughs> what the hell is this even about? So it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, so I, I, there's stuff like, you know, it, it depends on, is there going to be a country like China or someone else that says, you know what, you know, these guys, they are a paper tiger, fuck them. And, uh, and they, they do something, um, or is it going to be something internal, you know, like we could have, uh, uh some kind of, uh, internal conflict. I mean, there's so many things I really just don't know. So I get, I think my, the best advice is prepare, you know, hope for the best and prepare for the worst. For the worst you know? yeah. So, I mean, that, that way you don't have to worry about it. I mean, and again, just pay attention and try to read the tea leaves when you can. But, um, I don't know. Five years—that's such. You know, we like I said when if you'd asked me in 2019 if I thought there'd be like lockdowns and mask mandates and all this shit, I would have been like no. And now that's not only did that happen, it's look how quickly they normalized just the idea of that yep. in people's heads. Mm -hmm. Like when they first were introducing that stuff, they had to ease it in because it, it was so intrusive and so authoritarian that even the normies did not, we're not ready to just hop on board. And now you literally have, I mean, another article I posted like a couple of days ago, or maybe it was like a week ago. Uh, there was a story of a, a, a trans guy who freaked out and stabbed someone to death for not wearing a mask. And if you think about the, the levels of, of, of uh, normie control that it took to have for that situation to have happened, so they created an like like a a, a tranny assassin <laughs> that would go out and kill people not not obeying the ruling class, you know? Yeah. Like that that that's a level of of success in terms of uh, population manipulation that that's never been seen before. They were able to get someone that was just born in America to turn to some you know tranny uh, enforcer. 
And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what's, what, you know, what, what's, uh, what's around the corner. I, I, I mean, even like a lot of the cultural stuff that's happened so fast, you know, and, mm. and just if you think about in terms of gay marriage, uh, you know, uh, Obama was against gay marriage in 2008 when he ran for president. And that was and not then, that long ago. Right. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and now, now we have trans kids. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, all right, well, I don't know what's next. I mean, well, I know what's next. I just don't know how, and I don't, and people keep saying, well, as soon as they go, they try to do the pedo stuff, that's when they'll, no, no, that's not going to be people. It, it's never going to be an, you know, enough to piss the normies off. Like it's never. I, no, it, that's totally true. And uh, I've talked about this in some of my other interviews, but when I realized that was Molly Tibbetts when, when Molly Tibbetts happened and, and her father uh, said right uh, after yeah. her funeral, uh, something about, I think a Mexican food culture or something like yep. that. Yeah, like, like uh, you're a meme, man. Your daughter just got raped and murdered by an illegal immigrant. It's like now is the time to be like, get out of this country. Uh, people will understand. I mean, your daughter just got murdered. Well, and you have that. You have that kind of uh, weird uh, psychology going on in in the white populations, and in the non-white populations, you have uh, this desire and ability to codify. Uh, anti-white, uh, uh, you know, like just the other, the other day, there were some hospital was saying they're going to deprioritize white people for uh, procedures. Yeah, they're going to they're going to do racial uh, justice in terms of who gets medical treatment, and uh, that's just that's what it is today. Yeah, but the joke's going to be on them when it's all you know black female doctors. So fine, go for it. Oh, speaking of that, there's a funny story. Uh, <laughs> look up. Uh, when you get a chance, look up. Uh, there's a, uh, a a black female doctor that was operating on patients and uh, dancing around and making TikTok videos of her of her like cutting them open, and she's dancing as she's using the scalpel. So she's like making all these like jagged ass like openings in people, and she's doing plastic surgery. So she's yeah, it's horrific. Uh, it's not it, it's not even from like I I, I found the video. Um, I'll probably cover it in my next stream because I found it while I was looking for something else. It's it's not even from like this year. It's from like a couple of years ago. I just it was a local news story though. Uh, but yeah, like the, I remember watching that and going just oh my god. Like, but that's that's it. Like you're gonna have uh, w- when you have all all this this uh, uh, all these rules and laws that that favor people not because of their competency level. Uh, it's going to not just be annoying because you didn't get a job and someone else did. It's going to be annoying because the guy operating on you is is going to do a terrible job. Yeah, and yeah. Did you see United that. Airlines is going to hire 50 percent uh, female and minority? Yeah. See, well, we're going to have some more plane plane crashes, I guess. For but- sure. Yeah, I can't fly United anymore. But here's the thing. I think that a lot of these big corporations, the more things get automated, the less it matters, right? That's why they want the AI because then yeah. they can do this kind of stuff and it yeah. won't affect their bottom line because it's going to just be, you know, the computer is going to be doing all the stuff that they would have fucked up. So, so they're not going to have any real, real responsibility. Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> think we should close out the stream um i have all of your links your trovo link your band book your bitch you channel odyssey and then uh your youtube channel but everybody check them out in his other alternative platforms 
Uh, but this was Black Pill Devin Stack. Thank you for the fantastic conversation. This was a really good time. I'm so happy to finally have you on the stream. I really appreciate it. And I hope we can do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Bye, guys.